Hello, and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together, we bring you information about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook and leave us a review and listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Hello. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Denise Thomas. Denise is a TEDx speaker, international bestselling author, and coach to parents of college-bound teen. Teens. Denise inspires, educates, and equips parents to take an active role in supporting their children to live a life of financial freedom. Her mission is to flip the student debt statistics in the United States. Denise is a 20-year homeschool veteran, having homeschooled her two children from pre-K through high school. Using her proprietary repeatable strategy, they attended their first choice scholar co- college on 17 scholarships exceeding $199,000 walking out of college with cash in hand. They got paid to go to college. Denise says you can keep your money. Send your kids to college on other people's cash. College doesn't have to be a debt sentence. I I really like that little bit there at the end, the the play on words, a debt sentence. Welcome, Denise. So glad you're here with us today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You're very, very welcome. So just a little bit of background. The Family circle, the role model makers is where Denise and I met and we have been able to wave at each other through cameras and be on events and things together. Exactly. And today it's like, yes, I get to come and have her on our podcast and have her talk a little bit more about those things that we love homeschooling, education, education for our families and our kids and the best thing for them. (laughs) so we're being distracted by our puppies as well but she said she wasn't going to be distracted by our puppies so so we will keep going here um so tell us about your your strategies of how to get your kids through college with actually making money doing that It, it thank you for asking it is really a um it is a strategy as a matter of fact and i think one of the things that parents need to realize is that the vast majority of what we have been led to believe mm-hmm. the last three decades, I'm going to say it's a myth. That's the nicest thing that I can say about okay. it. It's a myth. And, you know, we, we tend to hear nothing about the kids that are graduating debt free. We mm-hmm. think that that's an anomaly. It doesn't happen. Everybody has to have student loan debt. But the truth is 30% of college students graduate debt free every single year doesn't matter what the economy is doing. And this is yeah. this is decades worth of statistics, right? What's interesting to me, though, is that why aren't they telling us about that? Mm-hmm. You know, about once once or twice a year, I'll happen to notice a an article in some newspaper, some news outlet somewhere where they've grabbed hold of one. Trust me, it's always an inner city child. Uh-huh. who applied to any a, a ridiculous number of colleges mm-hmm. and the headline will read kid from xyz city town right. wins however many millions of scholarships for college yeah full ride scholarship whatever yeah well but it's well, the problem though christina is that they're actually misleading the public uh-huh because what they're really saying is that this child applied to a bunch of schools and by the way did not have to pay the application fee so let's start there because that's expensive too that is yeah but in addition what they're doing when they're saying that number in the headline to get you to read it they're adding up all of the scholarship offers that each of those 100 120 plus schools offered now i'm not making light of the child's experience and their right. expertise and the fact that they probably did get a great act or sat score mm-hmm. fabulous But if you do the numbers, and I am a numbers person, so do the math. Somewhere in that article, they're going to tell you how many colleges the kid applied to. Uh They've already told you the exact amount of scholarship dollars. Mm -hmm. Divide it. On average, the child was offered about $30,000. Great. So if the kid, you know, you can only select one school, right? right? You can only choose one. So on average, whatever school they pick, they're still going to have to come up with at least $70,000 or more mm-hmm. to finish out that four years of college. So it's, it's misleading. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. the general public. It's misleading parents. And in addition, I think it it does a disservice to the families because now they're thinking, my kid couldn't do that. Right. My kid is average. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it um, like I said, there there is a strategy that works, but we're not being told what that is. Right. Yeah. I mean, things have changed so much because you know, Herb and I both went through college and we were both the first in our families to go to college and graduate from college. And then we came out with some debt, but it's not the debt that people are coming out with now. And it's just unreal to think about, you know, what kind, how it sets people back. I mean, it set us back, but we're okay. We've made it through. We paid them off all that good stuff, but there's so much more nowadays. It's just unreal. Yeah. So you said that was the nicest thing you could say, Hey, I'll be mean, you know? Yeah. The, the banks make, the banks make a profit off of it. The, The government does better when people are in debt because they need to go get work. They need to pay this stuff off. So it's all, it's actually a form of debt slavery. So this whole, all kids need to go to college right now. It's actually diluting the, 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 the college graduate to the point where you need a college degree to get a job at Starbucks because that's where most people with college degrees end up with right now. So, you know, unless you're really specific about what you want to do or, you know, you have to have a plan before you go to college because just going to college to get a degree just doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah, that's right. And I found that uh, that that's the first of all, that's the very first point that I discuss in my TEDx talk. Yeah. No, not everyone needs to have a college degree to be successful in life. Right. A mechanic has the same potential for income as a mechanical engineer. Mm-hmm. There's, it, it, you have to talk about, you know, what about your child? What, what's the best way to help your child discover what their best career path is, right? Mm-hmm. And again, another myth we hear a lot is, oh, they'll figure it out in college. No, they won't. They won't. No, they won't. No, they won't. <laughs> we have we have enough again statistics that prove we've got what eighty percent or more of people who are in the workforce today that hate their job. Yeah, that tells me they never figured this out. Mm-hmm. But there are experts that can help kids, even teenagers, figure out what their best purpose in life, what they should be doing for who they are, who they're wired to be. So, you know, I always tell parents, look, if your kid is clueless, seek out those people because they're available, it's reasonably priced, and it's going to save you a lot of time and money on the other side, expenses, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. One other thing that I caught in what you said there was you said that a mechanical engineer has the same money earning mechanic. potential as a mechanic. Yeah. But something, another really cool statistic is if you go to school to get a mechanical degree, and you go to school to get a, a become a mechanic, you have a much likely better likelihood of getting a job as a mechanic than in the mechanical engineering degree. So a lot of times right now, there are so many trade schools and trade positions yeah. that are open and jobs that are open because everybody's thinking, oh, you have to go to college. And so the infrastructure needs more support. And so those jobs, if, if you love mechanic, and you want to do that, then that's probably a better actually choice to actually making that kind of money than going for that mechanical engineering degree as well. Absolutely. And, and I look at the, the difference in the money, right? Because yes, if your kid is hands-on, then look at the trades, yeah. right? If, if they're more intellectual based where they, they love being on the computer and you know, being in a cubicle for the next 40 years is, is what's going to make them happy. That's, that's going to be their life. And they love that. Totally different, different thing. Yeah. But I have to agree with you, hon. Herb, we have enough college-educated baristas in, in this life right now. Yes, it's just completely unnecessary. And I noticed that even when my kids were young, I think my daughter was probably 12, 13 years old, mm-hmm. when a young lady who was in her, I think she was teaching in her ballet studio or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I noticed she worked at Starbucks. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, didn't? didn't she go to Tulane University? I seem to remember that. And we got to talking. Yes, she did. And she has a degree, but she has an underwater basket weaving degree. Mm -hmm. People think about this. About three decades ago is when someone said, you have to have a college degree to be successful in life. Now, I have no proof, 
I'm willing to bet some really expensive college out there got to, or colleges got together to make that a marketing ploy, right? Uh-huh, exactly. So now when you've got this tremendous number of people coming in, because back then, three decades ago, mm -hmm. the number of college-educated people was reversed. It was. We yeah. had 30% or so going to college, 70% not. Today, it's just the opposite. So think about it from the, we, we, we haven't expanded the number of colleges that much in that three decades. So if you've got that many more people coming in, now we have to have, have to provide a service to them. We have to have a degree. Well, not everyone's going to be an engineer or a doctor, you know, a doctor or a lawyer <laughs> or something else that requires a degree. Right. So from that perspective, they had to come up with these other things. Well, I got news for you, hon. I get asked all the time, Denise, when you're working with these families, please talk them out of those stupid degrees. Right. And it's a true statement. Look, trust me, there's so many things your kids could do. And sure, if they like XYZ thing, right. why can't they do something with that outside of their work? outside of going to college for it. Look, everything you need is online. Yeah. You want to learn about that thing? Do your own research. Yep. If you go to the college and buy the books for that class, but for God's sakes, don't spend $800 per college hour mm -hmm. to learn something that you can just buy the book and read. Or $300 per book, even if it's a digital book that you don't actually get really. to hold, right? Yeah, and because Any the thing is, you just don't now, have to have those degrees. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, college now is more just like an expensive camp. You you go there for everything except for the education because the paper that you get at the end of that isn't really worth all that much anymore. Yeah, so, be careful. I might get you there because so, he went to college to find me. Yes, I, I must yeah. admit. <laughs> so I, I was one of those guys who was actually really smart. So I, I knew that no matter what I did, mm -hmm. my intelligence was going to get me through. So when I went to college, I went to find a wife. And so, oh, I figured, so it's just the opposite. Cause most people say, oh, she's going to go get the MRS degree. You got the MR degree. Yes, yeah. I did. And <laughs> 33 years we've been together, 34 years we've been together now. And it's like, it's the best decision I made. So you know, I, I actually went to college to find a wife because I knew I was going to get the degree. I was going to get the education. So yeah. that, that was actually secondary for that four years for me. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I do tell people, number one, it does not matter what name is on your diploma mm -hmm. as far as getting a job. Right. I know a lot of parents, truthfully, more than 80% of parents are under the mistaken belief Mm -hmm. that it does matter right. but there have been enough studies nationwide thousands upon thousands of employers who have responded that said no we could care less where the degree came from assuming you even need one for the for the for the work right right but at the same time i do mention to people that okay so let's although that is the true statement the other truth is that if your teenager if you foresee them having a family, it is likely that they will find their spouse from that college. Right. It's just, it's just a little nugget to know. It, it doesn't change anything necessarily, but you just have to kind of, kind of have that idea in the back of your head as well. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're kind of talking how college has turned into kind of the socialization kind of thing for, you know, young adults, right? And so actually that leads me to one of the questions that a lot of parents ask us in Vibrant Family is that, well, if we pull our kids out of school and don't put them in the public education, if we homeschool them, will they be weird or unsocialized or what is that? And the reason I'm asking you that is because I, we do know that you have this wonderful knowledge about college and degrees and things like that and finances, but also you have experience as a homeschool parent. So can you kind of balance that out for us a little bit and tell us a little bit about your experience about and, that? And to add on to that, you know, because you're, we're talking, you're, you're, yours is to help kids get into college. Mm -hmm. Does homeschooling your kid hurt or help their chances okay. of getting into a college of their choice. I, and I love both of those questions. And we're going to call it two separate questions. Yes. Uh, let's start with the last one first. 
uh, does being homeschooled help or does it hurt? It does not hurt, not one iota. Good. Because homeschoolers, okay, now, Christina, I'm gonna step on some toes. Just let no me know ahead of time. Step okay. on, crunch them. <laughs> homeschoolers are not spoon fed. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay, when it comes to the actual education, when, when we as, as parents homeschool our kids, we're not teaching for the test. We're not teaching for the grade. We're teaching for, catch this word, mastery. No we way. want our kids mastery? to understand the subject and they're <laughs> not allowed to move on until they get it. You know, some people have called, well, that's cheating. No, that's the entire purpose of education. Right. It's just that in the quote system that we have here in the States and probably worldwide these days for, for many places, not right. all. Uh, in the system, we have created something that requires families to move their kids along at a certain rate. Yes. And that doesn't work for everybody. Uh -uh. You know, I've got two kids homeschooled for more than 20 years, um, was in homeschool uh, uh, groups for, for that entire time. I saw kids that learned to read before their fourth birthday. Uh -huh. I saw other kids that learned to read not until their seventh birthday. Right. Now let's talk about algebra. I am, a, I'm very much a numbers person. I'm a, I'm a geek when it comes to math. <laughs> there are kids who can do algebra like nobody's business in seventh grade. Uh -huh. I actually taught my sister at age four, how to do algebra. Uh -huh. She says I blew her mind for math. She totally couldn't do squat diddly when she got to high school. However, <laughs> I also taught at the college level Mm -hmm. And I saw college students who didn't get it until about age 21 or 22. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that for both of those things, for reading, for algebra, there is a switch that happens in the brain. You cannot control when that switch goes off. But our system can't do that. Now, homeschooling, whole different thing. You can, please, God, don't say what's normal for or when should, what should my kid be doing in X grade level? It has nothing to do with it. Correct. It's, it's, it's all about your, your own family, the interactions. Look, homeschooling is more than just the education. It's family dynamics. It's, it's being there with your child. Oh my gosh. I, I can't tell you, we could talk for ages just about how wonderful having your kids with you is. And some parents would be like, uh, yeah, 24 seven. Mm, I'm not too sure about that. And I get it. There, there are moments yeah. But if you have a spouse, if you don't have a spouse and you have a neighbor, take a break, go yeah. get yourself a cup of coffee, go have some, have some, have some wine with a girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, you know, just do something different and chill. It's cool. Yeah. Nobody said your kid has to do this on the same time frame as what everybody else is doing. There, there is, there is not that. So don't worry about that. Yeah. You know, I like to say homeschooling is not bringing school home. Yes. But back to the college question, the reason colleges like homeschoolers is because they're not spoon fed. They're able to do research from the get go. They don't have to be taught how to do this. They, they naturally do it. Why? Because there's time at home. To they're not trying to answer the questions the way the, the professor wants them answered. They're, they're answering the questions the way they feel that they should be answered. You know, I, I used to argue with one of my professors in college and I thought I was going to get a bad grade because, you know, I was from a more conservative family. He was from more um, liberal. So, you know, he, he talked about Reaganomics in such a bad way. And so I kind of stood up for, for that. And so we would argue in class and dude, that was one of my best grades in class that actually turned out to be one of my favorite classes because he, he knew that I knew what I was talking about. So and it's not trying to answer the questions the way the yeah. teacher wants. It's they want to know that you know what you're talking about. Oh, and I love you mentioned that. Uh, my daughter had two experiences in college where in her freshman year of all times, one of them, she was taking a, I think it was like an Old Testament history type class, something weird like that. I don't know, something yeah. strange. We all had basic Bible study. Some, something weird, okay, that she had to take. But it, this was not even a Christian school. This was a public state university. But this was just an elective, whatever. She just needed a, a class. 
somewhere down the road within this class, the teacher spouted something that if you are somewhat knowledgeable of U.S. history, you should know better than this. Uh-huh. And what he said was something that had to do with, quote, the separation of church and state. Yep. Okay. Now, for those who might be wondering, well, what do you mean, Denise? So here's the quick bottom line. And, and trust me, it's easy to find this when you research it. There is nothing in our constitution or in our laws here in the U.S. that says anything about the separation of church and state. As a matter of fact, those words came from a letter written by the Danbury Baptist organization to Thomas Jefferson while they were creating our constitution and our amendments, et cetera. The Baptist organization was concerned about, wait a minute, you know, we're really concerned about us being able to still practice our religion because let's face it, one thing that a lot of people who've been here a while don't yeah. remember because they weren't taught and this was not come didn't come down through their history a lot of people came to the u.s because of religious persecution they came here for the freedom of religion not the freedom from religion two completely different concepts mm -hmm. so my daughter knows the entire history she studied it when she was in high school so when the teacher spouted this <laughs> she wrote him a very respectful email explaining that his role as a professor is in a leadership role that these students are taking as an authority. As an authority, he should know the difference. And she gave him the works. <laughs> what can I say? I mean, you know, the kid knows her stuff and she knows history, she knows the facts and she wasn't gonna let that slide. Good. She got an A in the class, just saying. But yeah, you're, you, you, as homeschoolers, we tend to have our kids not in a bubble mm -hmm. they don't they don't have the peer pressure that says i need to be liked mm -hmm. therefore i need to spout whatever the teacher or somebody else wants me to spout so it's really it's really an awesome thing to homeschool your kids at any stage in life but even throughout high school we, we started in the beginning and went all the way through i love so, that well, something that you said a little earlier in that also um so we're called Vibrant Family Education and it's called Bringing Education Home. And when we've been asked about it before, it's like we we couch the family development aspect in the education of the children, yeah. because as you educate the children, we're actually working with the parents and bringing the family back together and bringing the family as a core to, to start working as a unit. And then once they start learning to love learning, it's not learning the facts. It's not passing the classes. Once they get that learning aspect, then as a family, then the whole family starts growing together. Mm -hmm. And education Exploring. is yeah, education is just like a little a little prod to get the whole family coming back together. And so, yeah, that what you said there just really resonated with yeah. me back there. And it was just like this little thing that you like you threw in there, but <laughs> it was so important that I wanted to bring that back. Well, I'm glad you did. I, I still remember. Uh, hovering over the laundry one day with my daughter helping me unload the dryer. And she asked this very poignant question, mom, why do my brother and I love each other? And I see our friends down the street and they're fighting with their siblings. Mm -hmm. That is so huge. My gut answer, because you homeschool, because you're forced to be together all of the time you learn to play forced, with each other you're forced you know? to learn to how to interact and how to get along with each other mm -hmm. if you're away from each other for eight hours a day you're with the people you like then when you come home you have to vent yeah. and bicker and yeah I, that's well and if you think about it though herb what what i was not aware of because you know in my age my age great you know back in the day we didn't have this but today you'll find their peers at school telling them you, you can't play with him he's too young mm -hmm. right you know, he's not your age he's not in your class he's not whatever uh, yeah. I remember distinctly we had a, a neighbor and that had just moved in and for the entire summer and this neighbor was probably 12 years old mm -hmm. this was a, it's a very small neighborhood but they were next door and he was 12 and my son was only four. Mm -hmm. They would play together. 
Yeah. They played ball. They played video games. They watched cartoons. As soon as school started, within weeks, he suddenly was shutting the door on my son. Aw. Yeah. Because he was told that you can't play with people that are that young. Yeah. You can play with the babies. We're Gen Xers. <laughs> We're Gen Xers. We're both 70 babies. So we oh, thanks, honey. You just completely we, aged. We me. got we got we played with whoever we there was around. Yeah. The ages didn't, you know, if, if they were fun, the only people you didn't play with were the ones who were mean. But if they weren't like mean, then then everybody was a potential everybody playmate. Play. And we were all outside doing everything together all summer, yeah. whenever it, it age was was irrelevant. Most of most yeah. most things were irrelevant yeah. at that time. Yeah. So that's awesome to know. So, um, you know, just reassuring those parents, it's okay that your kiddo isn't in the public school. There are so many opportunities outside the building of the family, everything. Yeah. I promise you won't miss anything. And coming back to now what you do, how does homeschooling affect scholarships and getting into that college and how does it fit into into your strategy does is it easier for homeschoolers to run this strategy than it is for public education kids well you know when i was doing the research for my own kids what what got me doing the research was not the fact that i was homeschooling mm-hmm. what got me to doing the research was the fact that we had been in a situation where my husband was laid off twice and then the stock market crashed yeah we had to use what was left in both the stock market and in our savings to pay the bills. But within months, uh, let's just say the money was running out in a hurry. Yeah. Cause you know, we do pay our bills. Yeah. So I saw the money running out and I told my husband, we have no choice. We have to declare bankruptcy. We had just enough left to hire a bankruptcy attorney and buy a lawnmower and trailer and start mowing lawns to put food on the table. Yeah. Wow. Now the bankruptcy was liquidation. You could touch it, it was sold. Yeah. Now having homeschooled up to this point for almost 12 years, I had a library of books by then. I mean, I, I, we, you start accumulating stuff when you homeschool now, you know, I just want you to know that. <laughs> You'll become a pat, pack rat for education. <laughs> So, uh, so things disappeared in a hurry. We, the liquidation, everything, books, toys, uh, Christmas decorations, furniture, pots and pans, it was gone. Even our two dogs had to go because we had to move to a small apartment because our house was being foreclosed on. Oh, wow. So that was the hardest part. And, you know, I know Christina and Herb, you, you guys are very much your dog people. These are your furry children. Yeah. That was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Yeah. Um, Hopefully they found a nice, good home though. Uh, well, we hope so. Uh, but then at that point, a couple of months later, we're settled into this, this new apartment. And it, it, it hit me that my daughter was starting high school. College is around the corner. Right. How are we going to pay for this? Uh-huh. We have no 401k to borrow against, no house to borrow equity from. Uh, no savings. And haha, yes, that bankruptcy means we can't co-sign for those student loans. Everyone loves to talk about every two years. You can't get a loan for quite a few years. It, I mean, and now that would actually probably be a blessing because <laughs> they, they, they stock it to the parents more than they do the kids now. It's, it was, you know, you, you go bankrupt. It's a 10 year, 10 year check the box. You're not getting a loan, right? Especially not from the government. So That is what made me start doing the research. That is when I learned that 30% graduate debt-free every year. Now, I got news for you. Even my best friend was telling me, Denise, you're starting too early. Wait till junior year for that, for the research. Because that's what we're told. Right. Again, there are so many beliefs or myths that we have just been perpetuating for decades for keeping our kids in debt. What I found, though, is that those students who are graduating debt-free and okay, so the the first thing you're going to think is, oh, well, they're wealthy. Yeah, there might be a few. Uh Oh, they're college athletes. Mm, You know, 30 years ago, college athletes got paid. Today, very few. Okay. Uh, Well, maybe they're super duper smart or, you know, or maybe they're destitute, no money. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, got news for you. I attended college on the Pell Grant for low-income families. It does not cover everything. It barely covers tuition for a local regional college, okay? It is intended for you to get, quote, an education, not the, ooh, let me go to another state on the other side of the country kind of education, okay? Exactly. And as far as students being super duper smart, kids with perfect GPAs and perfect test scores are rejected from college admissions every single day. That is not enough. Okay. Um, and, and again, again, there are so many beliefs around that, that we could talk about. We could be here for days, but uh, having done this research, what I did is I put into practice with my own kids, everything that just remotely sounded logically like it might have an impact mm-hmm. on college admissions and winning scholarships. So yeah, I started this puppy early. We, we did not wait till junior year. So anything, guess what? Most of these people who are graduating debt-free, they don't wait till junior year. They're starting in middle school. So now when I, when I attend financial conferences or homeschool conferences where I speak, most of the time I have an opportunity to tell you, hey, if, if you can, it, start early because otherwise you're leaving money on the table. Uh, in the end, all of these different pieces that I put together for my own kids is what got the 17 scholarships totaling almost $200,000. Now, before you start thinking, oh, well, your kids must be geniuses. Right. <laughs> because that's the first thing that people think. And, and I didn't think that early on, but. Yeah, but they were uh, homeschooled, so they definitely had an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a, uh, I had a, uh, she's now a girlfriend, but uh, funny how my clients become my friends, just saying. Uh-huh. Uh, so. I was on a stage in California before COVID and this, this mom came up to me after I got off the stage. She said, your kids must be geniuses because my daughter applied to 40 scholarships and won none. Now my heart sunk because what I did not say from the stage is that no, you're not literally half of the scholarships. My kids won a hundred thousand dollars worth. Didn't even ask for GPA or test scores. Wait, you what? You have to be a genius to win. Yeah. That's amazing because you oh, what you always hear is the high GPA, the community service, the school activities, the da, 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 you know, all of that, that they want for the scholarships. Well, here's the thing. There's first, there's two different kinds of scholarships, <clears throat> kind of three, but not really. Yeah. The two different kinds of scholarships are these. There are scholarships awarded by the college your child chooses to attend. Okay. That will be the largest money in one bucket your child will receive. Choose that bucket wisely. There are more than 4,000 colleges and universities in the U.S. There are colleges that don't offer any money. Personally, I advise my clients I wouldn't apply. I wouldn't bother because I'm after the money. I want you to get the money. I don't want you to be in a hole because you, you, you decided, look, I don't even want you going to visit a college you can't afford until they start offering you money. Yeah. Because I know how that turns out. You and your kid are going to go, oh, oak trees. It's so pretty. Oh, I love it here. It feels like home. Next thing you know, you're hawking your house. Okay. Not good. So the first thing is choose the college list wisely. Second place to find scholarships are what we call private scholarships. Okay. So assuming the college you choose isn't covering everything, a a full ride scholarship is what covers tuition, fees, room, board, and sometimes books and maybe even a computer. Uh There are only 20,000 full ride scholarships in the U.S. That's it. Count yourself lucky and blessed if you're offered one of those. But again, you got to choose the right schools that do offer those, okay? In addition, private scholarships, there are more than 1.8 million scholarships available, giving away $23 billion every year. And those scholarships run from kindergarten all the way through college and professional school. Wow. So if you're asking where and when do I start, uh, right now, because you're listening to this. Yeah. 
Because if you've got kids that are at least kindergarten or older, they can be applying for scholarships for college. So do they just like hold on to the money until the kid finally gets to college? That Good question. Because that makes sense. <laughs> it depends on the organization. Some of them will literally write your kid a check, which means you, the parent, will open up a nice little checking or savings account for your kid and call it college fund. And let it keep growing. And let it keep growing. And some parents will go, oh, kindergarten, that's putting too much pressure on your child. Okay, what you're doing is you're putting a coloring page in front of your kid with a crayon. Yeah. Here's what I'm talking about. Have you ever used Google Chrome for your Google search, your search bar, search tool? Have yeah. you ever noticed the Google logo with drawings around it? Uh-huh. Some kid won $1,000 for that. Okay. It's the Doodle for Google scholarship. Oh my gosh. I can't even find how many of those they give out every year because they give out so many. So many. And it's, they give them from, from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. Now it used to be just eighth grade pre-COVID, but now they've extended it to 12th grade. And oh. it, it's even international. Even international students can apply for that as well. It's amazing. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So they just keep submitting drawings to Google and every time one of them- You can is do it every year. You can apply every year. You know, and, and somebody asked me that at the last conference I was speaking at, you know, my kid applied to XYZ scholarship, but didn't win. Can he apply again next year? I said, as long as he qualifies, sure. Yeah. Because the, the entrance, the, the applicant pool was going to be different. Right. And where he is in life at that moment, his essay will be different. Right. I'd even be a better writer. Who knows? Mm -hmm. so, Especially yeah. if they've been learning to mastery, like we really want them to. <laughs> so one of the. One of the people that I listen to quite a bit is, is Jordan Peterson. And Jordan Peterson talks about how there's a lot of people in his classes that when they first come in, he actually has to teach them how to write because they, they don't even understand how to write a sentence or to put a thought on paper. And so he, even in some of the colleges, the prestigious colleges that he teaches, that these students coming from public education can't even coherently write a paper. It's, it's this thing that we have in our hands. That's the Unfortunately, problem. Yep. Kids are used to doing shorthand for everything that they communicate. Yeah. As a matter of fact, although it'll be a little too late for the, this episode going out, uh, tonight in one of my, my I have a, 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 a membership called Parents Insider Circle. And the expert I'm bringing in tonight talks about communication and how important it is. Yeah. Uh, but kids have not learned that for whatever reason, can't figure out exactly, but I have suspicion it has something to do with these smartphones that they've had in their hands for the last probably 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's a little more nefarious and far reaching than that. I think I, I kind of have the impression that America is kind of under attack and has been for quite a while. So that's another reason that when she got out of public, she was yeah. a public teacher for 27 years and she fought the good battle trying to, to, keep it going in the right direction but even even as as well-intentioned as as she is as we are it's like they kept putting more and more on yeah. top of it to to break those teachers out of the system yeah. and so now it's like the only hope is to pretty much get your go straight to get your parents. kids out of public education and so that they can actually start learning instead of being taught yeah exactly and you know it's interesting because what, what parents have to realize is that going to a private school does not get you out of this. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the teachers coming out of private schools, most of them came from the same education system yep. that is supplying teachers in the public system. Yep. I had a, a, a friend of ours, good, good lifelong friend, and his son is just a couple of years older than my daughter. I remember being in a, we just had gone to lunch together or something. And for whatever reason, he and I, the son and I were taking a walk and just kind of exploring the grounds. And he asked me a question about an answer he had to give for a question on a, I don't know, some kind of, some kind of test in his school. Uh -huh. He knew the answer was wrong, but it was the answer the teacher wanted. Uh-huh. And it's unfortunate because I had to tell him the same thing. I said, you know, it, it, you have to learn to give the answer that gets you the A, but you have to also know yourself and know the truth uh -huh. as well. Right. And it's sad that, and, hon, this was probably 20 years ago. So 
if it was going on back then, even in Christian schools, it's going oh, it's on. even worse now. Unfortunately, way worse today. I'm sorry. Uh, homeschooling is growing by leaps and bounds for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I, I just I was watching another show recently. I, I collect stuff like this uh-huh. unintentionally. But so 95 percent of mm-hmm. public educate public teachers in education are left leaning. And in and it used to be and and then you get into private schools and even Christian schools, it's still reached over 60 percent. So even even in the private Christian schools, 60 percent of them are still on that liberal left leaning bias. So even in Christian schools, they are now outnumbering the conservatives and the so, you know, they're because they're coming out of the other schools. I mean, you know. Like I said, my daughter ran into a couple of things that were obviously not true being taught mm-hmm. in her college. And uh, and certainly, again, help your kids choose the correct, a good um, college major that is can maybe have less of that left-leaning. Because uh, yeah. here's the deal. I don't care if you're left or right. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am 100%. All I want is the facts. Give me the truth. The facts. There is no such animal as your truth and my truth. It either is or it isn't. Yeah. Okay. And my my son has a very black and white sense of right and wrong, uh-huh. way more than I could ever dream of. Uh, but what I taught my kids growing up as, as a homeschool mom, first thing I taught was discernment. Mm-hmm. Even when you have little kids, teach oh. them discernment from, from right and wrong, from other kids on the playground or next door that they're playing with that are trying to manipulate them and things like that. Mm-hmm. You, you have to pay attention. You have to be cognizant and aware and actually talk with your children, even as young kids, as to what, you know, this person is asking you to do something and that's not right. We don't do that in our family, whatever. Right. Teach them discernment. I also taught them logic, a formal logic course. Mm-hmm. You can find anything out there. There's plenty of books, need recommendations, contact me. Mm-hmm. But in addition, what's not being taught today, how to read for bias. Yes. That was an actual class when I went to high school many, 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 many right. years ago. Exactly. Today, it's not being taught. Why? Because if kids knew that, if young adults had a clue that they were being manipulated by everything they read and hear, mm-hmm. TikTok, media, the news, what have you, yeah. you know, and it's, it, it is true manipulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, during various recent elections, I've had I've had friends for literally 20, 30 years now, and our kids grew up together. Right. Their kids have literally gone off the deep end uh-huh. to the point oh. where I can't even discuss it on national television. It just wouldn't happen. Right. And I asked my kids, I said, y'all are hearing the same stuff. Why have you not, not been swayed or persuaded? Uh-huh. by any of the rhetoric that is the rhetoric of the day. Yeah. And my daughter answered the question because you taught us logic, discernment, and how to read for bias. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something like that too. Cause it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people, my generation, my friends, um, my best friend, he has three daughters and they had a great relationship and they went all went off to college and when they came back from college, there was no longer a relationship there. Um, we don't get to see That's our granddaughter right. anymore because our, our son, one of our sons kind of went that route and we'll know. So yeah, that, that, that building family, that communication, that sense of discernment yeah. was something that we apparently missed that we didn't think we needed to teach so much because yeah. that's how we grew up. It's like, we thought it would just kind of be obvious, you know, model, model by our behavior, but no, but that, but they went off to college. They were inundated by all of that and they came back and they were changed. Yeah. Well, one thing our kids need to be aware of, and we need to, us as adults need to be aware of as well, mm-hmm. is that you are the combination of the five people you hang out with most. Yes. Yeah. Now that sounds kind of crazy, but it, it, it's not just your values mm-hmm. and the way you speak. It's your income. Yeah. It's literally your entire life. It's your, it's, it's your character. Yeah. And what 
One thing I heard about that was, and it doesn't have to be the five people who are physically. I mean, so maybe you can't get together physically with those people. Then you go listen to the podcast. You go read the books of those people that you want to be like. So they are one of those influences in on you as well. Your mentors don't have to be there with you all of the time. So like I said, Jordan Peterson is somebody that I listen to a lot. I have a great deal of respect for. So I consider him one of my mentors, even though I've never actually been able to have the privilege to meet him. Yeah, and it's just something that I think families need to understand that there are a lot of avenues. Um, but regardless of what you're doing, whether you own your own business, whether you're homeschooling your kids or not, you've got to think about the end result. What is the goal yes. at the end with your children? Now, I read a quote that someone had posted on Facebook the other day, and everybody was like, oh, that's fabulous. Oh, I agree with that. Da, 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 da. And I read that quote very carefully. Uh -huh. It said, I'm going to have to disagree mm -hmm. because the quote had something to do with, you know, raising kids uh, to be who they to be who they are or to be who they, I don't know, whatever, something weird like that. Yeah. And I said, kids don't have a clue who they are. They are. They're 100% yeah. clueless. Their brains, their cognitive brains have not developed. You ask any kid, what'd you do today? Nothing. I don't know. I mean, you, you don't, you, truthfully, that's all that's in their head. Mm -hmm. So no, that's not the purpose. Our purpose as parents to guide. is to raise caring and contributing to society adults yes. that can handle their own life mm -hmm. without you when you're done. Yeah. Whenever done is supposed to be for your family, right? Yeah, I love that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you want them to care for others. You want them to, to care for themselves and be able to contribute to society in some way, um, which hopefully means get a job. Um, it, it's just that what we are raising, unfortunately, with a lot of, hon, this, this is not recent. This is decades upon decades upon decades of- It's gotten- like, like you said, her probably- the manipulation has been just been it's probably been a plan an inch at a time somebody, a little, right a little bit at a time a little bit at a time and you know i used to think that the public school system was about raising worker bees which it was yeah at the time now it's just awful mm -hmm. it's it's and and unfortunately as you said christina it's not just in the public schools anymore it's all education systems with the exception of homeschooling if you can get away with homeschooling right we, yeah, we, we try really hard to keep it a little more neutral but seriously if you still have your kids in public education get them out get them out let, get them out let let people like denise let people like us vibrant family let us help your families learn to love and grow if like, not us be, there are still so many resources but many. if you need help i mean we we can help we can <laughs> But yeah, get exactly. your get your kids out of the public education system. It'll be amazing. You know, it's it's amazing to me when parents do bring their kids home because I did, you know, I, like I said, I I I teach at a lot of homeschool conferences and uh the the booth next to me, the gentleman at the booth next to me last weekend came over to me uh, when I had a little break and he said, I noticed something. Well what? I'm thinking, what I do wrong, you know. Right. <laughs> he said, they talk to you. And I have no idea what he's talking. He said, they really talk to you. They're not there just to say, hey, what are you doing? You know, what do you sell? Whatever. They're literally there and they talk to you. Yes. Parents, you need other parents that will listen, that will, that will help guide you. We've been through this, mm -hmm. right? We, you know, our kids are grown now and we raised happy healthy, caring, contributing to society adults. I've been in Facebook groups where uh, it might be, you know, teens and tweens or whatever. And there's all these, if your kid is X, Y, Z and doing this, that, and I'm like, I never even experienced any of that. I finally just left the group after a year and a half because yeah. I can't contribute. I can't, I can't commiserate. I'll put it that way because yeah. I raised my kids from the time they were young in such a way as number one, communication is key. Uh -huh. We did not raise children, we raised little adults. Right. 
So we communicated with our children. Yes, as if they understood what we were saying, because eventually they will understand what you're talking about when you talk real talk to them, right? Yeah. Anything happening, we did not restrict our kids from the news. I know families that have done that. Again, it's personal, but I would rather have my kids watch something and see something. And let's talk about, let's stop that video and let's talk about why we disagree with what happened or why we disagree with what's being said or why we disagree with the fact that they're saying this without knowing all the facts or whatever the thing may be. Right. right? Even when it comes to look, even when it comes to cartoons or movie cartoons when my kids were little, Mm -hmm. if a new thing came out on video, what have you, and we didn't see it at the theater, I would watch it the night before I was planning to let my kids watch it. Right. Trust me, there were things they were not allowed to watch. Mm-hmm. I saw animated torture. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you're putting your kid in front of a movie to babysit them, you don't know what they are getting. Correct. And if you see something that you know is against your personal values, or you think well, maybe they missed that. Trust me, they didn't miss squat. Yes. So you need to have a conversation about whatever that thing is that you were hoping they missed. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I remember sitting on the couch with my boys and every once in a while I would, you know, we'd be watching something and I wasn't as good as you. I didn't always watch it ahead of time, but I would literally pause the video. I was like, you know, that just happened. Is that the way we would have handled that? Or is that the way we would have said that? And, you know, sometimes they're like, mom, stop stopping the video. Right. But at the same time, it's like that was important. And that was a thing we did all the time. We talked about what we were seeing, what we were watching. And so many families need to bring that back into the core of their family time, bring those things yeah. back to talk about things. And, and a lot yeah. of it is just talking, right? It is just yeah. having conversations. It's part of, it's part of encouraging that trust, that relationship where you're, you're not just telling them how you feel about something, but you're, you're getting some feedback. Yeah. What do you think about that? You know, and uh, helping them to understand that you trust them to come to you and to have a conversation. You're not going to, you know, say, oh, bad kid and, you know, put you in your room and, you know, because you said something that we disagree with, let's have a conversation. And another common thread that we kind of get is, I wish we had done this sooner. Mm. So once they, once the parents do finally get their kids out of school, it's like, wow, I wish we had done this sooner. Yeah. And it's a learning process, you know, Uh, homeschooling is not bringing school home. So if you have, and it it depends on the grade level, but the truth is it doesn't take long for your kid to quote, do school when they're at home. Correct. Right. Because, because one of the first month or two working with us, we actually call it de-schooling because we try and get the school out of the kids, out of the parents, out of the parents, because it's not school anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, it's education, it's learning and learning and education have nothing to do with school, especially nowadays. So that's why it's bringing education home. It's not bringing school home. Education. It's not. It's not homeschool. We've been. Yeah. We've been very much trying to break that homeschool. It's it's education at yeah. home. Yeah. I love it. I love it absolutely. And there's so many things your kids can do once you're when you when you have them at home. A, they have more time. Yep. They have more time. A for the education part if they need it, uh, but they also have more time in general because. Mm-hmm. Even kids with neurodiversity will find that they have more time mm-hmm. if you're doing this this education thing at home right. Yeah. You know, on a rare occasion, I'll see some parent online that'll say, "Oh, this is taking way too long," and the first response out of everybody else who's been doing this a while says, "You're doing it wrong." Yeah, exactly. Take that much time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're you're bringing school home. You're not homeschooling. Yeah. Uh, so let's have a chat about what this is. Um, what it should look like. What it should sound yeah. like. Yeah. And, and it can change. It, you know, you, you might have a, a particular uh, curriculum that you purchase. Hon, if it's not working, change it. There's a bazillion things out there these days. Yeah. You know, don't be don't be um, tied to something because you spent money on it. Yep. Do yourself a favor. Do a little research. Talk to another mom. Find a homeschool group that's local that someone who has kids kind of in your age range or at least still has the textbooks yeah. or whatever it is, materials they were using. And go see what they're using. Bring your kids along. Let them see what they like. That was the best thing I ever did for my kids. We would go to these homeschool conferences 
when we could, and we would go to the to the big convention hall where all the vendors were. Yeah. And not for everything, but for certain things. For example, my kids love reading. They're voracious readers. Yeah. So I knew that anything that required reading, let's talk, you know, the, the English literature type stuff, reading stuff, uh, or, 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 or history type stuff, what they as individuals saw on that written page was going to matter to them because they love to read. Yeah. So I would pick two or three curriculum vendors or, you know, book vendors that I liked and I'd say, here you go. Pick which one you like. Yeah. Let them have some investment in making this work, you know, because what, what appeals to my eyes may not appeal to the, to theirs, right? right? Pictures, yeah. color of pictures, font. They don't know what they're looking at, but they know what feels right to them. Yes, exactly. Yep. And that's part of what the coaching of Vibrant Family is all about is helping those parents understand the way their child learns, the best time of learning, the different styles, you know, video books, whatever, you know, so that these parents get the help they need to make that successful. Yeah. I love that. I love it. It's so important. It's so important. Yeah, and um, so, you know, a lot of a lot of homeschool parents think, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to learn this, I have to go figure out these curriculums. And so if you don't want to do all of that, if you want like an easy button, that's kind of, we're kind of the easy button there. So it's like, we really help you out with all of that, really narrowing that in, helping you schedule, helping you plan. So instead of having to like run around lots of different places, you know, you can kind of get more of that in one place and we can help narrow it in for you. I love that because it is important to kind of, you know, to, to have somebody help you narrow. Because if you've ever gone to, and and I, I highly recommend talk with Christina and her and Herb about curriculum before you jump headfirst into a convention, because some of these conferences will be 100% overwhelming. It's much easier if you have a guideline of what to look for, or maybe even specific vendors that they recommend Mm -hmm. based on learning styles or, or the kind of time you might feel that you have within your family. Because let's face it, you got seven kids, whole different ball game than two or three, just saying You know, so it's a lot easier if you go into something like that, knowing I'm really only looking at these two or three things, yep. right, for these particular, you know, whatever, it make it a whole lot easier. I am so glad that I am not homeschooling right now, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because there's so much incredible, beautiful, wonderful stuff out there now than there was even 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I, I just literally was walking out one day. And I passed two tables that I said to myself, if my kids were still homeschooling, this would cost me a fortune because I'd have to have everything on these two tables. <laughs> I get it, right? Exactly. Yeah, Be- because you know, you just, you, you learn yeah. what your kids love. Yeah, part of the beauty of our time though is that people have realized, or especially over the last two to three years that they want to do something like that instead of necessarily. And then don't forget, you know, when your kids are a little bit older, not all the way till high school, but a little bit older, check in with Denise, say, Hey, let's get them set up for, you know, the next, the the next part after that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about starting early and, and, you know, if, if you're homeschooling or schooling at home, if you've got, uh, if you've got kids that are thinking about college or if you as a family have always said those famous words that starts with when you go to college, because that was my family. My family said that to us growing up. We said that to our kids when they were growing up. Yeah. But don't wait because there's so many things you can do even in the middle school years, not just applying for scholarships. That's actually kind of like just a bonus there. Yeah. But there are things to do as a family that sets your kids up for college acceptance and winning scholarships down the road and knowing uh, what they want to do so that they and are knowing what they want to do. And if they do, <laughs> if you can figure, if you, cause trust me, I've got, I've got people for that too. And, and so does Christina, we both know people. Isn't that great? We know the same yeah. people. We know people. Uh, yes. <laughs> we know people. Uh, so it's more than just, well, take these tests and your kids have to have good grades and need AP classes or whatever. Again, Colleges are not looking for, quote, the jack of all trades. It's what we've been taught. It's what we've been told. That was three decades ago. Today, colleges are looking for focus. They're looking for what lights your kid up, mm-hmm. you know? And if you've got, if you've got one like my son, um, 
my son's a very quiet child and you never really knew what excited him. But if you were watching closely enough, uh-huh. you get that quick little glint in his eye, just, and it would, it would go away immediately, like gone. Yeah. But if you saw it, you were gold because you knew exactly what path you want your kid to go on. Uh, but what we do with Cracking the Code to Free College, we are helping you parent create the high school experience that colleges will pay for. It is so awesome. It is very comprehensive. If, if you think about, I'll give you an example. If you think about the human body and the medical system we have today. Yeah. Well, for probably the last, I don't know, maybe hundred years, we've had specialists for different body parts. Mm-hmm. We've got a specialist for the heart. We've got specialists for your tummy, uh, for the muscles, for the bones, et cetera. Today, we know that's not how the human body works. Right. It's very integrated. And if you understand that integration, you are so much better off, so much healthier, right? Because what we know now is that what affects one part of the body affects something else. The same is true for the high school to college process. We have experts for different pieces of the high school to college process. There are experts to help your child figure out which colleges are best for them to help them with ACT and SAT scores, to help them get their essays figured out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, the process needs to be integrated. Yeah. Because if it's not, if you're picking these pieces apart, just like the human body, one thing is going to affect the other and is no longer an integrated unit. You need a comprehensive college application. And what we're doing from as early as middle school is we are setting your child up for winning both college acceptances and scholarships, but it does start as early as possible. Awesome. That is a great place to kind of end. You know, this has been a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad that we got together on here to talk about this and give these nuggets of gold to parents. I mean, because that's the biggest part of Bringing Education Home, our podcast is giving parents ideas and nuggets that they can build on and then they can know who to go talk to or at least start talking to. Yeah, and so, we, could, we could keep talking for hours. But I we mean, both this, have this appointments. is a lovely conversation. I love it. So um, as we are wrapping up, is there one thing that we haven't covered today that like is a little nugget that's like, man, I really wish we had got to this part. Is there something that you would like to, to add in? Absolutely. Well, there's something that, you know, a lot of families feel like their kids don't have a, uh, a hook or something that, you know, they didn't cure cancer or what have you when it comes to college and scholarships. Yeah. But there's something that pretty much any kid can do, and really seriously, any kid your child can become an entrepreneur. Oh, Denise, what do you mean an entrepreneur? Yes, they can have their own small business. Mm-hmm. They really can. And it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the typical mowing lawns or babysitting. Yes, that is fine. I highly encourage doing that. It's way awesome. You can make good money. It's one of the things my daughter did. She made serious bucks, serious chunk of change, babysitting for certain yeah. people. My son did not mow lawns for other people in that way. Uh, he did work for a, um, for a lawn and land landscaping business uh-huh. uh, as the ground crew. He did not do the lawn mowing. But what I'm talking about is thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. What does your child do that's cool that might be a little bit better than someone else can do it? Okay. I'll give you an example. I was 14 years old. I had been playing the guitar for two years. That's it. Just two years. Not that great. But I taught other kids in my home how to play the guitar. There you go. For 10 times the the average wage at the time. 10 times the average wage. My daughter was a dancer. Mm -hmm. She got paid 10 times the average to teach other people how to dance. My son... Eh, doesn't do any of that, but he cooks like you would not believe. Has uh-huh. been cooking since he was six years old. Mm-hmm. When he was in high school, he competed in different cooking contests for 4-H and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he sold his award-winning cheesecakes. Get this 
for 50 bucks a piece. Yeah. <laughs> what can your kid do better than someone else who doesn't know how to do that thing? They only have to be one or two steps ahead. Yep. That's Entrepreneurship amazing. is an awesome opportunity. It's something that colleges don't see often on those applications. So it will be a good hook. It's also cool for potential employment applications as well for their resume. Uh, so what I have for them is a nice little gift. There is a, I think it's like a 40 minute video uh -huh. for parents to help you help your teens become an entrepreneur. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And that, you know, if it's right in exactly with what we want to teach our parents and everything. So everybody, make sure you go to the show notes. It's down there, the link, go get that video and learn, help your child become an entrepreneur. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. Because then, then they might not actually me. need to go work for somebody else. Right? Or they might, they might not need to end up going to college unless it's very specifically going to help them. Yeah. They might be able to turn their entrepreneurship into a good Fair. habit and then just continue making 10 times the wages for the rest of their life yeah. and enjoying what they're doing. So Exactly. Thank you so much for having me. You are very, very welcome. It has been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so very much for joining us today. All right, families, that is it for today. Thank you, Denise. Thank you, everybody who's been listening. Take those nuggets and help build your family. Make sure your family is growing and learning to love learning. All right, everybody. Until next time, see you later. Bye.